Welcome to the Stude Media Podcast number six. This episode is one of my favorites so far. This is great. I love Julius Collins, yeah. and you'll love Julius Collins, and you're going to tell your friends about Julius Collins, and you're going to go out and you're going to find his music, you're going to find out where he's acting, you're going to find out how to meet this guy. Because he's such a damn likable guy. I hate that, too. I know. I hate when we sit down with people and you end up just like, I just want to hang out with this guy more. I slap myself when I go home now. God. Okay. So it's episode number six. Julius Collins. Studentmedia.com is where you can find this. Or Facebook, Gmail, all that stuff. Gmail. What do we got? Uh, Studentmedia at gmail.com. That's exactly it. Also on Twitter, at studentmedia. So I'm just going to stop talking. Let you listen a little bit more. And uh, here it is, episode number six, Julius Collins. Did you have to go to like a like a yeah it's, it's mold yeah. yeah yeah it's wow how much seven hundred bucks <laughs> but the sound is absurd well when you're when you're a accomplished musician you can well that's a loose term <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay cool well um let's just go for it I love it you know now first thing I got to say is as I drove over here I mean you're you're what three blocks away from Matt's bar. How do you how do you keep your girlish figure when you got Matt's bar right in the neighborhood? Juicy, well, you just want to start this whole thing by <laughs> opening right up a Pandora's box. Yeah, All right, there well, you go. Let's well, you know, listen, man, I am a longtime lover of Matt's and the Juicy Lucy. Uh, what ten years ago in that joint, man? Seriously, yeah. love it. Uh, kids went to South; they love it. You know, right, it's right. After school thing, after wrestling, Matt's matches. Um, but the last time I was in Mads, this was like a few months ago. You know, honestly, we've been in there. I don't know how many times over the last 10 years. but And the dude is cool, Matt, the guy Matt or whatever. But he wasn't in this particular time. And, man, it was a loose, it was a rudderless ship. Really? On so many levels. And I was so bummed out. I finally stood up and said something to the uh, manager um, who was the head waitress who had always been like a supreme server, just really good, really functional. I don't need all the... Other stuff, you know, I, I live, my wife's a server, so it's just uh, like very right, service-centric right, 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 family right, right, here. Right. But, you know, listen, man, good service is a beautiful thing, but she's always yeah. been a good server, but they were, it was a, a lot of silly things, like cleanliness. The lady took out the trash and came right in, and uh, doors open, and we're watching oh, her the whole time. She no. takes it out, comes in, serving food, man, she's singing no. like old Negro spirituals <laughs> behind the bar. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on here? Oh, no hell. But so, Twilight I, zone. so I walked up, and I said, you know, she, they were bad-mouthing customers. Wow. Like, with the bar, with the place, you know, with customers. And I was I said, I can't believe you're standing yeah. here bad Man, I'm glad customers. Matt's is not one of our sponsors this yeah, week. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's a rough Thank day. you. Good night. Maybe you got that. But anyway, yeah. it bummed me out, man. I said something, and she was anything but sympathetic. So I said, well, really? the last time See, you get one of my dives. Was that one yeah. of those nights, too, where you had to stand in line and wait to no, get a seat? No, it wasn't, because those are totally understandable. And bad yeah. service in those situations, you Sometimes, expect. This yeah. was an early afternoon after lunch. 
maybe maybe eight people in there. So it wasn't a function. They were bored and busy, and she didn't want to be there. The, yeah. the big girl with the pigtails. Right. At least you fun. said something. I don't. You know, I just don't know how to come back. Well, that's generally the smart thing to do because all I did was get myself pissed off. I yeah, was just like, man, listen. Did you stay and eat? Oh no. No, you took we had, off. We had ordered our pitcher of beer, and our food was on the order, and we're just like watching this stuff in complete dis with complete. In utter disbelief. And so finally, it's just like, man. That's tough, too, because it takes like that that pedestal that you put this place up. Because the yeah, food is amazing. Place. Exactly. It's known all around. And then it's just one day of bad service, man. That can, that can do it for you. But yeah. this is the deal. This is this is who we are. If, if our face is to the public, then in the end, the last thing they see yeah. will be the thing they remember, whether you like it or not. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing I've learned being in the business I'm in. And that's why you can't afford to mail it in. Ever. <laughs> and that means on a Monday <laughs> afternoon at two o'clock. Right. Bring bats. your game, man. It's A all the Even time. if it's a B plus game. I'm telling you bring right Bring your now, game. <laughs> bring bring everything yeah. you got. It may not be your A game in the end, but if it's your A effort, then people understand that more. Yeah. Seriously, man. I'm, we've gone way too much down this rabbit hole, but you get the bit. <laughs> do me a favor. We like to have our guests kind of just say who they are and what they do. All right. I'm the grumpy old man in South Minneapolis. <laughs> Stay off my lawn, guy. Stay off my lawn. <laughs> kids. Pesky kids. I'm Julius Collins. Uh, I'm a, a singer and an actor. Yeah, you, you definitely are. And what projects are you working on right now? Well, actually, oddly enough, I'm not working on any projects related to my um, personal project. I, I recently took a job in sales and marketing for a creative group, and I was in a play last summer, and it was, it was beautiful. The music was beautiful, and the play was really nice, and... Uh, but it was, uh, it had one, it had a couple of really good actors and it needed four really good actors to make it really like, uh, so I'm essentially spearheading finding a home for that thing. I got a, a nationwide database and I just find subscription theaters that might be interested in. So that's basically what I'm doing right now. But you know, obviously yeah, my cool. life is, is singing and recording and. Are you just working on the like one that. project or so are you trying to find. baby, stained glass. Just, just that's it. Yep. Where is it? Where is it currently housed, or where is it? It is it, the last place it played was the Ritz. It's played in Boca Raton. It's played in NYC, and in Connecticut. And so I just kind of want to keep finding places for it. And in some of those shows, I might participate. In, but ideally, I'd like to have it up at, uh, in a couple of different states and right. see how that happens. But you know, as far as the music goes, I, I'm always writing, recording. Smart Moth's going to play a little bit more this year. Greasy Meal, um, my home band is. Uh, serious about doing some more recording and, and performing the summer and that should be epic especially if we have the, the illustrious sean well, skinner well we're gonna uh, no no watch his head get big. we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're, i think we, we <laughs> yeah, need some late. documentation <laughs> of a greasy meal well, no doubt about it. we are not <laughs> trusted i know that that's a fact <laughs> and with good reason god dog it. Every i just i just want i wonder how much access i'm gonna be <laughs> i'm gonna be allowed well listen this is the, this remember this is a band that's done lot of that sort of thing yeah everybody's very comfortable and this is the band with with people who come to see the band are up on stage so there oh will yeah be, and i've there been will be, there'll be no <laughs> no uh barriers for a good reason because, sure you know if something like that were to happen i'd like it to be authentic as much as possible i think the one thing i've always wanted to know as a fan of greasy meal i never heard the the, the osmosis the the genesis of of the band and like whose basement yeah. what did this start in oh, yeah, i mean funny. you well, know the original drum, the original drummer for Greasy Meal, his name was Dorian Crozier. Mm -hmm. Dorian's from NYC, but he was here in Minneapolis for for uh, oh, I want to say six or seven years. Just really good drummer. Looks like 
the Wook from Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, just nice. big hairy thing, but just an amazing dude, amazing player. But he he uh, migrated out to L.A. before Fields ever did, and he's done quite well for himself. That dude has done quite well for himself. But he had a he had a record. Uh, Brian Gallagher had a record called, and one of the songs on it was called Greasy Meal, and it was an instrumental kind of funk, right. quasi jazz bit. So I would say Brian Gallagher's. Uh, it didn't have any singing on it, but the the style of that music I think originally is what kind of got was the impetus for this thing. And then uh, we got into the we got together at Funky Town, John Fields' studio, which is where we did a great majority of our scrumming and figuring out stuff and found some tunes that we liked. How did you guys all meet? I mean, who are the who are the uh, who are the first like members? Like, how did you? I you know honestly, I. Well, it all happened at at, at uh, Funky Town, so I would say the first person would be John Fields in that right. regard. But I, this was this was Brian Gallagher's bit, and he had um, not everybody on that project. I don't think was in Greasy Mill, but I think Anton was on it, Crozier was on it, Fields was on it, but I think Donnie Lamarco was playing keys at the time on it. Not Tommy. Not Tommy. No, yeah. and Tommy wasn't the original keyboardist for right. Greasy Mill either. It was um, Matt Rohde, who was out with handsome years and he, oh sure, okay. He, he looked like a kid, so he just segued <laughs> into their music director seamlessly. But uh, Tommy, when when Prince changed bands, I think Tommy had loved Greasy Mill and came down, and Rohde just was about to go out and tour, and it was just like the most seamless. The same with Anania coming in after Dory. I I don't know how it could have worked out more perfectly with right. in terms of people. Who's, who had a sense of themselves? Because I, you know, I think of Greasy Meal, kind of like eight front men. Because I hate, as on a personal level, I just don't like being a front man. I just like doing whatever the hell I want to do. Right. And right. I don't like you don't like telling that me this is what you have to do, and mm-hmm. this is what you're. Resp- I understand the gist of the responsibility, but in the end, it's about communicating a notion or an energy, mm-hmm. and that's the way I like to approach it. And so Greasy Meal had people who were really comfortable in their skin. They do crazy shit and. I don't know. I you guys did crazy it. shit. <laughs> I loved Sunday it, night, man. We looked so forward to Sunday nights. It was. It, listen, I especially. I mean, there was never a Sunday night, even when I was like on my deathbed, feeling horrible. I never missed a Sunday night. Right. I just, I just loved Sunday nights. In the beginning, I remember Gallagher and I would show up at like noon. <laughs> oh yeah, just at the caboose, the caboose, just to be there, just hanging out, just getting the vibe. <laughs> I'd sit up in the up in the uh, where the soundboard is up in the balcony area, yeah. and I'd watch people roll in. It just kind of helped me get in the spirit. I love Greasy Meal. I found out who I was as as a singer, as a performer. I, it cha- it just helped me on a, a million different levels in terms of my sense of myself. But one of the one of the things I felt like um, when I was there on Sunday nights, and I experienced your your interaction with the crowd and the crowd's interaction with you wasn't like the standard concert where the band is shouting stuff out to the crowd and the crowd's woo. It was like, I, I don't even, it, it was so, it was such a strange experience. It was, it was like the crowd was part of the band and the band was like part of the crowd and everybody felt like they were just there together. You know, it's funny because I don't think initially that was something that we were after. I know it wasn't something I was after. I just was, I'm always after not making an ass out of myself, not looking like an idiot. So we had just booked four Sundays. Sure, we that's all you started Initially, with. we just booked four Sundays. We were going to play a bunch of shit that nobody had ever heard of, but we are going to be happy as hell for four weeks and just living it yeah, up. We are yeah. going to do right, whatever right, we right. wanted. They said, you guys can do whatever you want. And again, I'm lazy. And the first thing I think is, man, <laughs> I want to bring a couch on stage so I can sit down a lot. <laughs> right. I don't have to stand up and go, are you ready for this? You know, that right, stuff right, is right. fun, but it's like exhausting. <laughs> uh, somewhere I can take a nap during a set. 
Seriously, so me and Gallagher <laughs> brought that love seat up from the from the dress room, on, and that was the bit. Yeah, it's like it, it was instantly you realized it. There's like this imaginary wall between yeah. performers mm-hmm. and people who go to watch and play, right? And it's right. almost like a class system in a weird way to me. It's just like. Look at us be incredible. And we're this much. Yeah. We're I don't know. Literally higher than you yeah. in this room. It's like going on Letterman, and his chair is higher than you. Right. You're like you're, you know, this is too much. I know, but what I liked most about it is that people actually felt more invested when they could get closer to it. Right. So there was a sense of community, and I'm a community centric person. I like the fact that people felt comfortable enough coming up there. I like that they were courteous, courteous, courteous enough to get the hell off and sometimes they had to be helped with that yeah. but it created a kind of vibe and and my wife sherry tells this story and i think it's pretty freaking awesome it's one of my favorite stories about greasy meal nights she goes i remember one night i was in there and it was like 1100 people in there i know y'all were past fire cold oh and i had to go to the bathroom and i was over on the other side of the stage and i had to get to the far end of the bar she goes the people were so helpful there was no weirdness it was like i was lifted on their shoulders to the bathroom and i thought now that's what I'm talking about. There was a there was an energy that people felt like, don't fuck our shit up because we you know you'll be out of here. There was that, it was a a real investment, and I think the altruistic me kind of likes the idea of us being connected in that way. Mm-hmm. I wish we could do it like on a larger scale, just as a people. But I love the idea of people just saying this is ours, mm-hmm. and we 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 respect it. We you know, and so in a way. It was all of that was greasy meal. It wasn't just the eight dudes on the stage or the right. two dancers and the and the whatever else might come through there. You know, the naked ladies wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> Hold on, a second. all kinds of stuff. Do you hear that? Did you hear that? What I don't know. I heard some bubble static wrap? in that. No, the bubble wrap. <laughs> That's what I was. Listening I was just to. hearing some static there. You know, no, I, I, I think anything. it's good. I think yeah. it's good. It, it came in, and I'll be able to edit that out. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, you guys had some great ideas on stage too. You, you, one night you threw out little mini boxes of cereal. There was another yeah. night you sent somebody over to Taco Bell. You were throwing burritos out at the crowd. That became our bit because it was uh, way more efficient. But in the, in the <laughs> right. beginning, we're like, man, we got to feed the masses. Yeah, right. So we it started was. off like with boxes. And I'm hungry. When we started, we didn't know what our stage design was. We just had that love seat up on stage, and so we brought in the cereal boxes, the paintings. We did all this. Oh stuff. yeah, thought, that's right. Okay, let's really like make the stage look cool let's yeah. make let's try to look let's try to look cool yeah and then let's try to make the stage look cool so there's like elegance to you know us playing elegant soul music so that was that was the impetus for that and speaking of elegance he did mention it earlier he took his two female dancers and just yeah. they wrapped them in cellophane and just let them dance nice Nice. And I, they, they were naked under that right yes, I mean, they that, were. Was, that was yes they were and and i blame leah for that but that's these people were fearless and I like fearless people and whatever your thing is, if you just kind of go all out and everybody in that group was prepared to be themselves like turned up and that's, and I think the crowd felt that and the crowd did not, there was nobody in the crowd that was appalled by that. I mean, they weren't like, Oh my God. Well, I hope not. Although (laughs) I'll never forget the first time Leah and, and my wife Sherry met, we were sitting back in the dress room after a show and and I think the dancers were wearing short shorts that night. Uh, Sherry says, uh, I can see your labia. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that was a fun moment. And, and, Leah, and, Leah's, and how do you react And Leah's response yeah, was, I love my labia. Yeah, it's mine. And, and they, were, they were in love every after that. <laughs> funny how that happens. Just a couple of girls. Just a couple of girls talking about labias. Right, yeah. right. So how does the transition go? And I mean, I... First, I want to ask you about the uh, one of the tracks on on your album. Um, oh, the hidden, the last track, the Buffalo Chicken Pizza. 
Now, <laughs> how did the, give me the give me the genesis of that story because I you know that was just you guys screwing around. Yes, it was, and there was a lot of bong hits in there, and they probably were just superimposed somehow. <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't really happen. But this is this is actually why I really would like to have. I mean, I'm not so much interested in you catching the performance. We've had plenty of that sort of thing, but there's an interaction with us that is really unique. I'm telling you right now, man. You could take these eight dudes and put them in on the biggest stage and we could fill it up and make it, you know, feel cozy. And you could take these eight dudes, same eight dudes, put them on a tiny ass little stage and people are making room for each other. They're listening to each other. They're paying attention. There's like it's still a conversation happening musically. Right, right. The way they we interact is unique. It's, it's a funny dynamic because there's there's no necessary there's no alpha individual, yeah, but people right. take turns asserting themselves and they're not afraid to do it. I really dig it. I yeah. mean, I just, super smart people and super funny and odd, kind of quirky dudes. So you guys were just high as hell is what you're saying. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, Pretty was it, much. was it Domino's or was it just a, was it a local pizza joint or where was it? I don't know. I, you don't I, remember? I, <laughs> all I know is spicy tea. First of all, that dude is really, really funny and smart. And he put together bits just for us, you know. <laughs> right, right. Okay. <laughs> so he got to the point where, like, Spice, put something together for the outro, you know. So that's mm. that was his bit. He just, like, started recording us sitting around in the control room. And there's places now that sell buffalo chicken pizza. Think about that. Yeah. And people yeah. for years, man, we are on tour in Vancouver somewhere. Somebody comes, comes backstage with a buffalo wing pizza. And I'm like, what? I am so over buffalo wing pieces. I don't know what to do. Because, you know, at that time, they were just putting yeah. them on. Right, right, but right. But that was spice. Sauce and all. <laughs> then, he had, then he had the midget wrestling. Right. Remember he ordered the midget wrestling cages? Midget wrestling cages. Yeah, that was. <laughs> but that is Tom Scott, man. The, and that's what I'm saying. That band just has a wealth of, like, information and, and intellect that I just. Well, and so much talent. Loved. A lot of talent. And they, they just basically, is it one of those things where. You guys got to a point, and it just so many other opportunities were coming up for everybody. I think it's unbelievable that we managed to stay together in any incarnation for 15 years. I mean, that was really a tough do because people have ambitions and people have ideas about what they'd like to see their future look like. You know, for me, it was just, you know, it was like the culmination of, of my career in terms of trying to make it, although that right. was never really our interest. And I think, oddly enough, it was that. That That's sort of thing that kind of made it. No, yeah. it just made it tough. The first time that we stopped playing, it, it was stressful. You know, going to New York and L.A. and I'd fall asleep in parties in the hills. It, it was never good. I just didn't like it. I don't like right. parties and I don't like people. Tell me a little bit about where some of the members are now or what they've gone on to do. All right, well, because well, there's some big names that have done some well, big things. Yeah, right? well, we'll start with Fields. Fields is is one of, still one of the great producers right now out in, out in L.A. and he's just you know he's done a lot of the. The Jonas Boys, and I remember uh, just a lot of people. I won't dare try to list the people he's working sure, with. Sure, sure. Harmar Superstar, just a ton of people who've done some really big things, you know. And 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 Jim Anton has been on tour with a lot of people also. He was on tour with uh, Johnny Lang for years. Mm-hmm. I think he has now come to the place where he's seen enough corners of the world where he's loving being at home. I'm just speculating on this, but he has a glow about him right nowadays that I just... He seems really content. So I'm just really happy because he deserved it because the guy is, you know, there's only one of those dudes. Right. There's only right. one dude like Jim Anton. Right. Just, just who plays bass with a mitten on? No, yeah, it's, right. It's like, but, <laughs> but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people pushing the envelope. And that band was, you know, and Brian Gallagher 
was on tour for a while with Taylor Hicks and some other people, you know, and he does, we've all done like session with Phil to call us up and have us record something for, for some artists. And so I've done a lot of background stuff for him like, sure. on, on online. So, you know, uh, Anania was with Blue Man Group Blue Man for Group, years right. and right. Uh, whom I'm Tommy B, you know, Tommy B's with, with everybody because he's just equally brilliant in every discipline. I mean, honestly, I've never heard a musician so comfortable in every single musical discipline. He just knows how to play it. Right. Really, really good. And some of that's a Prince education because Prince is, you know. <laughs> He's Prince. <laughs> yeah. You you know what you're going to get with that. <laughs> you know, it's he has, you can always tell Prince musicians because number one, they, they, uh, they're really disciplined. And number two, they, they understand concept. Have you met Prince? <laughs> have, have you had an opportunity to meet him? Yeah. When I first moved here, Michael Bland... Mm-hmm. Um, who's Prince's drummer, and, and I were best buddies. And Mike convinced me to move here from Atlanta. And we had a rock band called Black Julius, and Prince Paisley was our management. And so that was my first band here in town. And so was, your Ooh, first volume. band was managed by Prince. That's hilarious. That's, That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and if I, I'd, if I had to do it over, I'd rather be nibbled to death by ducks. <laughs> but because actually he wasn't. So as, you didn't watch the new girl this week, then, huh? <laughs> That's funny stuff. Well, listen, yeah, no kidding. No, uh, listen, Prince, I have great admiration for his genius. I think he's something else. Sometimes I sometimes I feel like he's arrested at thirteen in terms of his way of dealing with people. But the guy's genius, and and I have nothing but good things to say about him in terms of art. But I did get bummed out at how he took slights at Black Julius and how he would. Schedule video shoots on nights we'd have big shows and things like that. You know, he was oh, just really, right. really dirty like that. So it's, it's hilarious. That's interesting. Okay, that's interesting to hear that uh, you think he's arrested at thirteen. I get it. Well, listen, <laughs> some of those, some of the interactions. I mean, I've just living in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, I've been here almost my whole life, and it's like you hear the stories about people who've seen him out, or people who've had interactions with him, or worked with him, and, and done different things. And it's, you know. It, it all kind of comes around to the same thing. You know? Well, you know, generally speaking, then I, I imagine they're not all really flattering stories. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, but I, I mean this sincerely. <laughs> if you got that kind of genius, I guess knock yourself out. You can be a dick. But I, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd rather have it all and be a human being. But I can only imagine how that dude got picked on and. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's a little guy. Yeah, he, was, he was a littler guy Listen, back man, then. When I know? first moved here, yeah, the like, very first night that I came to town, I was living in Atlanta, and I had some friends who lived up here and said, man, listen. When was this, by the way? This was, I moved here in 91. 91, okay. So, and, and they're like, listen, Juice, you got, you got to come to Minnesota. Minneapolis is your kind of city, your kind of freaks. You're going to love it. I'm like, there's, I grew up in Waterloo, Iowa, born in Chicago. I did not want anything to do with winters like this oh uh, yeah you know? i was like no way man there's no way i'm coming up there well i got talked into it they bought me a plane ticket you know so i came up and the very first day i was in town man i was walking around with my cousin who's who lives here and his daughter in uptown it was the arts fair it was just like i left atlanta it was like 89 and 80 percent humidity it was just ridiculous just no body of water in town Got to Minneapolis, man. It was lakes. Uptown Arts People Fair. People in shorts. Yeah, Our Uptown nice. Arts Fair was 60, 65 degrees. It was May. I wow, was like, okay, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. That May of 91, man. That's and then that fantastic. night, yeah, some singers from here, Deb Duncan and Jana Anderson, said, you got to go down and see Mambo's Combo. Mm-hmm. So I went down and saw Mambo's Combo. I'll never forget walking up to the bunker, man. It was like 
15 Harley uh, Davidson. This is back oh, when yeah. it was a biker bar, and right. then it was a music venue. <laughs> right. Like, where the hell do y'all yeah. have me going right now? <laughs> Did you know this is 91? There's stuff going second. on in society Wait, right I, now. Listen, <laughs> man. In Atlanta, Georgia, Forsyth County, black people weren't allowed after 6 o'clock at night. So that's, <laughs> that's a real deal. So I, whatever. I was just saying, man, they're like, trust me. We went inside this place, man. It was like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Just black, white, straight, gay, gangsters, hippies, and, and tie-dye, and, 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 and bikers, bikers and, yeah. and bikers lining the bar. And I'm standing there watching the baddest band I'd ever heard in my life. And all of a sudden, Prince comes up on stage. And then Sheila E. And I'm yeah. thinking, I must be in a freaking dream. At that point, yeah. Sherry was pregnant, seven months pregnant. I called her that night and said... Baby, we're moving north. <laughs> we're moving north. Like, she said, what'd you say? Nope. Nope. Not my girl, man. She's like, all right, she let's do it. it. And so in. you went, you basically, you, well, obviously you stayed, but it's like, it, it's like Minneapolis adopted you. It is very much like Minneapolis adopted me. And I think some of that is a function of the fact that I was born into like the first family music in the wake. The combo has been there for so long. It was Prince's favorite band. There was kind of a, you know, I, and I think of it, and, you know, as I think of it more over time, there's a stigma associated with being a cat that could be really good. You're, he's one of the cats, you know. Right, you know right. He's one of the guys that, that it was a musician's band. And right. Musicians right. would come out to see the combo because Steve Cherwan, Billy Franzi, Michael Bland, Margaret Cox, Deb Duncan, Cynthia Johnson, Doug Nelson. I mean, this band had giants in it, and there was a reason why it was Prince's favorite band. There was a reason why they had been on tour with them. They were just absurd, but it was like nothing I'd ever seen. I'd never seen a band more disrespectful in my life. It's like you'd hear the most amazing shit you'd ever heard. I probably shouldn't be cussing like this. You no, can swear. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's not radio. It's... You hear some of the amazing shit you ever heard, seriously. And at the time, these dudes, <laughs> between tunes, Billy would light a cigarette. You know, Doug would be messing with his strings. Mike would be yelling at his drum tech, you know, for like three minutes between songs. <laughs> Three minutes is a really long right. time between songs, right? Especially when you have a full house, right? You, yeah. you would think the house like, would be, be packed. You'd think they'd be like concerned about people walking out or something. I was like, yeah. what the hell? What? This is, the, this is some bullshit. Yeah. Then they start the next song and be like, tell me more. Right. You know, you'd be like, this is the most Maybe incredible shit. part of the show, you know? But what I learned was, is because I came from a place of, you got to please the audience. You got to please them. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to go after them. You got to show them that you're really into it and oftentimes when I don't know when I'm watching music and I don't listen to music a lot if ever and watch MTV and all that stuff I just like conviction in whatever incarnation mm -hmm. it comes in right mm -hmm. sure so the idea that you have to fit into this certain mold, mold mm -hmm. to be convicted is, is, is silly to me so <laughs> the, I learned a little bit about conviction because the conviction started when they start playing tunes Right. In yeah, between, not in between. In between tunes, they're like, fuck y'all, hang on, yeah. I'm getting my string straight. All right, hang on. Listen, man, turn my shit up. You know, yeah, it was like that. It was right. hilarious. And the sound man's cracking jokes and mocking them from the so, soundboard. I mean, like, they, they had a... ridiculous. The saxophonist, David Allen, was standing yeah, there. Right. You know that pillar that's in front of the stage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'd stand in front of the pillar, and that's where he'd play all night long, just facing the pillar. Like, <laughs> this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. And... It was the weirdest shit I'd ever seen. But they showed you like a, like a brief sense of reality, like in between. I to mean, me, what a band is it really was the like. birth of Greasy Meal inside of me because I thought that's what I, in a way. And then I was in the band. I mean, two months later, I was actually in. Cynthia Johnson was like, "Man, this music is getting too loud for me to choose. You want to you want to be in the combo?" And I was like, "Why, what? yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. I've been showing up every Monday and Tuesday for three months for nothing." But 
it, the, the, the idea that people were perfectly themselves, right? Billy Fonzie would smoke his cigarette, and then he'd stick it in the strings. <laughs> You know, ash like, on the man, front row. I just, yeah, I just. <laughs> but people made space for that in their right. minds. They're like, okay, he's carving yes. out a different kind of idea about what a guitar should be. He's not always yeah. out there doing the thing and right. you know pumping right. air in front of the girls. I mean, he's just like, fuck y'all, man. I know yeah. I'm the baddest, yeah. and he <laughs> was. And so there was no refuting that. I don't know. I, to me, Greasy Meal was like that. It was like, we know we're good at what we do. Now we don't go ahead and you know push the envelope a little bit and see what happens. Right. And sometimes you look. Dumb, and we look dumb plenty. But oftentimes, what you discover is something something new about yourself. But looking dumb is also it's 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 risk. It's risk it's taking. Part, that's you know, what it is. High risk, high reward. And that's exactly right. And if you're not willing to kind of lay it out there, then you'll never really know if you got it. Welcome yeah. to our podcast. <laughs> We're laying out every day, hey man. But I love I love stuff like this because this is what it's all about. Well, you're man. you're a big fan of radio too. I mean, I hear you on the fan all the time. Maybe it's just you're a big sports guy. I but big but PA and Dubay used to come out to your show, and, and PA would get you'd have to yank Dubay to get him out there. But PA would always be out there Sunday nights. PA and and Dubay, frankly, and and they both loved the band. But PA was the most vociferous about it. But I, the first time I ever had hint of it, I mean, I discovered KFAN. It was like, man, sports radio yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah, these guys, and they were kind of doing something new. Right. Yeah. They were they were really just trying to be like that edgy themselves somewhat yeah. knowledgeable but then we don't always have to fucking talk about sports that's yeah. exactly right you know? which I, is which i really loved it and yeah. there was a really music kind of uh backbone to the yeah. show right dubay's style of music was rock and zeppelin and, mm -hmm. and greasy meal played dave zeppelin. matthews you mean okay yeah, yeah. Well, we won't mention yeah. that part of it but he did dave i mean uh dubay loved he loves zeppelin he sure. loves that yeah. kind of stuff so he loved that part of greasy meal and 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 uh and pa is really more rb centric yeah. but oh, yeah one Saturday morning, and this I don't know why they were on a Saturday this time, but they were on a Saturday morning, and I just happened to be listening after a gig the Friday night before. Mm. And we had been out on the road, so we got back. and It was a kind of a tired gig. you know. We did the best we could, but we just didn't have our, our stuff. And, and they were discussing how we didn't have our stuff on the radio. They were no like, man, wow. it's like, I went to see this <laughs> band. Great band, greatest band I've ever seen. But mm, last night, they just seemed like they were sleepy or something. It, just, it was good. The music was good. We just did so I wow, called in. Called first time, you out. First time I've ever called into a race. So the guy's like, and Dubay's like, man, listen, man, the lead singer is like cartoon character. <laughs> so I call in. I'm like, hey, man, yeah, this is Julius. And I hate to say it, but you guys are actually right. We did our best, but we just didn't have the energy that we, we, we have come to be used, you know, we've been known, known for. for yeah. So they were like, oh, man. I can't believe you're calling in. So we kind of became buddies, and we'd hang out a little bit after that. Yeah. And we kind of went through our changes also. But the guy is a serious music lover. Loves, and he loves him some Julius. So he, oh, yeah, he does. And he, so he plays Greasy Mill Steel, and, and he has me come in. And he, and he closes every show with I Can't Wait, he right? Does. Like yeah, the last, coming Greasy out of the last still break. His, still his favorite band. And and uh, I think, I don't know. I just love the incestuous nature of the city anyway. But yeah, he found <laughs> out he found out that I was a sports fan, and it was over. I was like, man, not only am I a sports fan, I'm a freak. You know, You're I, right, right. I replay my Wolves games. Yeah, yeah. Oh, to, to do, you, do you DVR them? Do you DVR? Well, I'm not that fancy five, but back, you know, you know, FSN North. Oh, the replay has a yeah. replay. Yeah. And before that, I, <laughs> way back in the day when Kevin Garnett was like his first couple oh. years, I was I really wanted to like analyze his his growth in slow motion. So I. I'd videotape the game. Wow. That's stupid, man. The fadeaway jumper for 15, right? Here's a picture of me and my wife on our first date. And she's sitting on my lap. And she's all dressed up. And I am I look couldn't look more disinterested. But there was a game on the 
<sighs> Sorry, baby. Does she does she notice? She has, like that photo. Does she have it in her head? Oh yeah, she has. You it. were looking but off. Not at only the game? that, man. She just she's been against me and sports for so long. <laughs> it ain't right. Now you, you obviously you said you grew up in Atlanta. No, no, I grew up in in Waterloo, Iowa. You I grew up in Waterloo, Chicago. Iowa. So yeah. you were just in Atlanta for a short stint then. I lived in Atlanta for eight years, almost eight years. So 1998 comes around. It didn't make any difference to you when the Vikings played the Falcons? Not at all. In fact, I wanted to win that game so badly. But I will say this. In 91, the Braves were playing the Twins, twins, right? (laughs) And I was never really a baseball fan necessarily. And the Braves had always historically been bad when I was in Atlanta. I mean, Dale Murphy was like the only baseball. And I'm not a baseball guy. I'm just going to lay that out there. But but the Braves were, were horrible. Right. And all of a sudden, they were great the year I was, you know, going They're great to, for like the Minnesota. next seven years. So after I was that. going back and forth um, in 91 between in that, what's, what's it called? The, not, not the World Series, but just prior to the. the oh, the, uh, AL, the AL, ALS. AL, ALCS and the NLCS. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the Braves were playing Pittsburgh at the time, I want to say. Oh, yeah. and, and I don't know who the Twins are going to. But I was going back and forth in the cities. And so it was pretty exciting seeing all the, like, the fervor. But uh, no, 98, man, I was like. I'm just as heartbroken the, as everybody else in Minnesota. Twins at the Blue Jays that year, I think, in the championship series. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I just know I was devastated in 98, man. Oh. I was devastated. That, so, okay, so you were, you were a Vikings fan then? Listen, I grew up in Waterloo, Iowa. I grew up a Vikings and a Bears fan. Because I was going to say, yeah, you, you kind of Chicago you know, pretty close to Not really a Packers fan, but, you know, moving to Minnesota. I mean, I, I loved more Vi- I loved Walter Payton. That's why I loved mm-hmm. the Bears pretty much. Walter Payton, a couple other dudes, but. The Vikings, I was Fran Tarkenton, That's Carl funny, Eller. Yeah. I mean, I was all those. Those dudes were Purple just my, people. Yeah. Herschel Walker. Chuck yeah. 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 No, I, That's just mean. <laughs> That's just mean. I bet the only guy smiling about that in Minnesota right now is Norv Turner. Yeah. Norv Turner. Yeah, yeah, right? No, he's, he's, got, he's got three Super Bowl rings thanks to Herschel. Thanks to Herschel. Yeah, yeah that's right, because he was on Dallas' staff. That's, oh. Think about that. Man, just Mike, circle, right? Mike Lynn is probably still smiling too, but that's <laughs> he's still he's still getting a check. He's still yeah. getting until the check. metronome goes yeah. down. They're tearing Can't that thing up, down. Man. He's still getting paid. Got to get a gig like oh that. Oh my god, yeah. that's fantastic. So, what made you want to do acting? I mean, obviously, music is a performing thing. I mean, you're on stage, you're in front of everybody, you're you're, you're kind of becoming a, a a being, you know. But I, acting I had, is a different. different I had bird. my first band in fifth grade, like fifth or sixth grade. JC and the Bridgeway Band, and, and, and that was fun. But when I got into junior high school, I got into, like, show choir and stuff like that, you know? And it's, right. You know, the only – you better be able to fight if you're going to be in tap dance and boy-girl tap and show choir. Right. So I was on the wrestling <laughs> team, and that helped a little bit because my boys could, were rough. But I really like the theatrical element of music, and I like sh- – I'm just gonna say it here in your podcast, man. I like show tunes. I like elements of show tunes. I mark that down. Thirty-two fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. Julia yeah. says I like our promo right tunes. there. I like show tunes. <laughs> it's all good. Whatever. You tap, man. I mean, did you do tap? Did you do oh like, yeah. dance? And I stuff? could tap and and I was I just loved it. So when I was out of high school, I was like, oh man, I don't know what. I'm, so I was in Oklahoma, I think, a year or two after high school before I moved to Atlanta. And it was great. I just loved the idea of being you backstage. Were in, and you were in the musical Oklahoma or you were literally in Oklahoma? I was in the musical yeah, yeah, Oklahoma yeah. and Waverly, Iowa. Okay. Right. Yeah, <laughs> make it up. Yeah. But I loved it. So I moved to Atlanta and I really still didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to the Music Business Institute there. And so I was just more like band-centric stuff. If you if you can do anything worth a damn, people talk about you. And, yeah. and, and sure. you know, listen, word spreads fast, good or bad, but... But it's it's great. People want to work with you if you can do something. So I, I got a call for a understudy gig at Illusion Theater. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this guy, but his name is T. Michael Rambo. He's like one of my theater big 
big brothers, but he's a bad dude. This brother is, he's just, he's just something else. Just really, really super intelligent, really, really super like invested actor, really good singer, just really good soul, just a bad dude. And I'll never forget walking into that theater. I just felt like I was being transformed into a different time. It's like 1930s Chicago. And I was like, and there are the students walking around in a three-piece suit with a cigar. And I'm like, he looked like a young James Earl Jones. Just oh, badass dude, right, right? right? I look at Sherry and I go, I got no business in here, baby. He's <laughs> got no <laughs> business in here. But I understudied him because he was going off to New York to do something. And I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was musical theater. So, you know, I think most hardcore theater people in some ways, look down their nose at theater, musical theater. Musical theater. But I know too many really hardcore quality actors who happen to be able to sing really good, and so um, they aren't that way. But I learned a lot about theater, knowing what blocking means and knowing mm-hmm. the beauty of how a lights, how lights can enhance a show. All that mm-hmm. stuff just was kind of exciting to me. So I just never stopped doing it. I just I don't go from job to job. A lot of people here in Twin City, I mean, more theaters per capita than anywhere. They go from job. I don't, I'm not like that. I'm a mutt. I like my life a little bit more simple. Simple. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't take it. Not, I don't, you know, yeah. Look I, forward I, to it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, and that's but that's lucky because I've been blessed to have yeah. uh, a couple. Of, you know, I, I suppose I could be rich if I hustled harder. But I got. I like my life yeah. simple. Yeah, you mentioned really you're do. lazy. I mean, you, you don't want to. One of my favorite things to do. Dude. You don't want to. Get... Who brings a couch on yeah. stage? Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> A dude who likes to sit down. And I think I don't think you named it, but I think it got named the Couch of Love, right? Isn't I it? named it the Davenport of Love just because Davenport. I like words. Right. Can't make it up. Awesome. What what do you, what what are the goals? I mean, what as far as acting or or obviously singing, you're always going to sing. I think. I don't have goals. I probably should. I don't know. We're gonna make sure that. your That's wife great. does like not that. hear this podcast. She knows who the hell That's she's honest, dealing with. <laughs> Sherry knows who the hell she's dealing she with. Has the goals in the family. How many she years have no, you been no. with her? Uh, you mentioned it earlier. 25. Think, 25. That's good. 25. Yeah, man. She's She does know she's, who she's got. She's badass yeah. and she's really, really entertaining. Yeah. And I tell her all the time, it's a good thing you're funny. She'd be the <laughs> hell out of here. How does, I, and here's what I'd like to know. How does, in, in, in <laughs> you're lead singer of a band. The place is packed. There's ladies in there that Crawling just throw yeah. themselves at you. And, and it doesn't matter if you're the lead singer in a band who only plays once a week uh, in a small town in the middle of Minnesota. You are correct. Or if you're in Minneapolis or Chicago or L.A. or whatever. You're, you're going to have women throw themselves at you. I think women are attracted to competence as a rule. Our music is just one of those things that gets you closer to that idea. But I think it's a dangerous thing to take yourself too seriously because the truth is... You know, <laughs> it's not really so much you as it is what's happening or the image of you. Right. I always say, man, if these women knew me, how, you know, <laughs> they don't want to know what right? shit to do with me. <laughs> but the real truth is, is Sherry's the most secure person I've ever met. And I mean, the most secure person I've ever met. And right. being yeah. a singer in a band where people, you know, it's it's it can be tricky. Yeah. yeah. It can honestly be tricky. But I've always had kind of a deep pulsating all-consuming abhorrence for people who play music for the chicks oh, i just yeah. think that's the Wrong easiest reasons. and the lowest hanging it's, fruit it's the lamest yeah. of the lame have something to say or get the hell out of here right and chicks come with the bit i understand it I, honestly it does but i was i you know and, and i don't want to be weird about this but it's more moving to have dudes like you mm-hmm. because if a dude actually is effusive with this praise with you that means that you've done something right that means right. Dudes, oh, absolutely. Dudes yeah. by nature just don't like yeah. to do that, you know. And I, it, 
So I like the idea that everybody felt good up in that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. the idea that everybody felt like, okay, yeah, I can be close. Here, yeah, yeah, we're all in the shit. Yeah. We're here together. I'm feeling as good as I can feel. I'm pushing my own personal envelope. That's satisfaction. Seriously, that right. is my greatest feeling of satisfaction from all of that. And that's how I try to live my life. I try to live it in that way. Did she always travel on the road with you? No. No? No. The only, I think Jim's wife, Michelle, would go with us every now and then. That was, and, uh, <laughs> no, what? <laughs> what? What the hell's so funny? Nothing. I didn't see that eye roll. Huh? <laughs> Luckily, it's radio or Is this thing podcast. on? This is, what? Yeah. And, oh, wait, wait. And okay. Leah. And we're starting now. Hey, welcome. Well, thank you, guys. Thank, glad to be here. Oh. Uh, and Leah, <laughs> mistress interpretress, is married to Tom Scott. So right. they, she was always with us, but she's the coolest thing to travel with you ever met in your life. I mean, because on the tour bus, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'll just say people who enjoy the smell of shrubbery would go... Natural. You know, it's natural. It's a natural. Basically, that was the yeah. same bus. But but I I liked how they, Leah and, and Tom have a a really beautiful kind of energy when they're together. Right. And, and a lot of people thought Leah was my wife. It's just funny because when she's on stage, she's just fearless she's and a freaking yeah. performer. Yeah. And it's just like you know she some went. People for make it. that natural. So she's the black mm-hmm. woman, the black dude. Oh, right. <laughs> but I'm like, no, she's married to the dude over there putting down that that word. But they are just amazing. To you never saw them act terse with each other. I just right. Sherry and I are we love each other like crazy. But I can't imagine having her on the tour bus with me. It's like you know, <laughs> leave me the hell alone. I just need to think about how bad you I need sucked your space. last night. She'll be painting it. Right. I'm trying to sleep. Right. <laughs> Man. Well. Okay. Um. Nothing. We're gonna edit this right here. This mm-hmm. little spot. This Why? Little this spot. is scintillating. This is. Yeah, it was, it's all soaking in. Good man. stuff. Yeah. Um, so you, so, so I mean, you're. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Still stuck. So you're. I mean, you're doing theater. I do theater as it comes. You right. know, like this year, last year, I did mostly theater and almost no band stuff. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for Jim, I, I did two shows with the Droppers, and that was really great. And that, I think that was the the beginning of like. Greasy meal thinking because everybody was there but Anania. And, you know, it's just great playing music with those guys. Even sure. if you're just like kind of makeshifting your way through songs that you mostly remember that you created. But it was, you know, so this year I plan on doing less theater and selling some theater and doing more band stuff. And so Greasy Meal plans to play in July. I'm going to get myself ready for that. Awesome. That's, That's my goal right now. Be ready when it's time to go. In town or where? Uh, well, we are tentatively planning kind of a, a trilogy of things one week, and it would be like a Thursday night oh, at a at a cool place and a Saturday, Friday, Saturday scenario outside oh. for like a shorter set, and then a Sunday, uh, uh, like a conventional Sunday night where we jam for 40 minutes oh. up. So what I'm hearing is nothing's written in stone yet. Nothing's written in stone, but the way this band operates, I will say there's been legitimate, like, cooperation and communication on this and everybody seems energized to do it i mean it's nice it's nice that's a good that's a that's That's definitely something to look forward to especially for when it starts getting nice and warm outside yeah jesus uh think about it you're a dad i am how many kids best kid ever gig ever i got two two we have two you have two boys girls we have a 22 year old daughter who's a senior at hamlin nice chloe jade and she's What's she studying? She studies uh, psychology and sh- and Spanish. 
because she's a double major over there. Then we got a boy, Jack Avery, who is 20, and he is quite a character, quite an you interesting have, you have two kids soul. in their 20s? You have grown adult oh, children, like that, man. <laughs> and yet, they're Damn. way more mature than us. <laughs> That's what's hilarious, man. They're so much more mature than their parents, that and crazy? that ain't right. But are, are, they, are they artistic? Are they, you know, do they have that? Well, Jack is a really good writer. He's a better writer than than I ever was, especially at 20. He's just really, really prolific and can really express himself really good and he's just got a really odd way of making sense of of even stuff. Um, they like it. He has a passion for it. He's more of a studio rat than I am, so he goes to the studio three or four times a week. He's got uh, a group of dudes that they... They make music together. If I had my druthers, I would not want my kids in this business. Um, Can he sing? Is he, does he have a good... He's he's improving as a singer. He's not a singer. He's, he's a writer. He's a writer. So would, would you rapper. consider he's going to end up... Oh, he's, so he's a rapper too. Yes, okay. and he's very good. So he's got like the door open to be a rapper slash producer type thing? I think so. Being and a writer. I'm trying to encourage him to learn as much about that part of it as, as the other. But you know, listen, for him, I really think he's got a really good idea of why he's doing it. He's not doing it to be famous. He's doing it because it makes him feel better. It makes him express, express himself yeah. it's less stressful. When he's doing that, he does has when he got into it, I mean, listen, I love my boy. He's just he's incredible. I mean, he historically his sister was just she is an academic gymnast. I mean, she just devours yeah. what else you got? I mean, just she was pissed off the first year she went to Hamlin because she didn't think it was going to be hard enough for her. Not challenging enough. Wow. And I think That's... you were not my child. And <laughs> what the hell's going wife, on here? Right? Okay. But um, and and Jack, you know, came up a couple years after. So I think teachers had expectations, but there's a there's a greater narrative at work too with the way that progressives deal with um, brown skinned girls versus brown skinned boys. We won't get into that, but um, he just had a very different experience academically, and it I. He's he's like his mother. He smells bullshit, and it's game set match. And the thing that I love most about him is he's the most convicted person next to his mother that I've ever met. And if he says game over, he's willing to take whatever consequences come with it. That can be a really beautiful thing. Oh, can be a yeah, really scary yeah, thing, right? Yep. So he worked his way through that thing, and I think once he started writing and. His mother started fostering. She, Man, I've been sneaking and reading your writing. You're really good. He's like, what are you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it seemed to, there, there seemed to be a connect with his academics and just the way he saw himself because I used to always have this conversation with him because it bumped me out. I'd say, Man, I think you have an idea about blackness and you might want to revisit that idea because your notion of it is a little shrunken and you might want to re-explore um, some things. And he has done that and then some he's a historian he's just did you, you feel like he opened up his mind a little bit more about i think he opened up his own mind when he realized there was stuff there sure you know and, and that it was good because you know it's one thing to have your parents tell you how amazing you are it's another thing to get out there and get mm -hmm. feedback on it and and we had what we called our take jack back campaign where you know he went to south and he just had trouble he just <laughs> never Never passed classes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just mostly, you know, unless he liked it, in which case he get an A. Yeah. But, if, but if he didn't like it, he just, he didn't care. He'd go to summer school every year since third grade. I shouldn't be putting this out there, but it is what it is because yeah. it's pretty amazing. But we got to the point where he wanted to play sports, but he couldn't because he wasn't eligible. Yeah. So it's like, man, what are you doing? This is a time in your life that you're going to remember forever, and you're going to regret it so much if you don't, like, just... Embrace it. Part of life yeah. is circumnavigating bullshit. Yeah. It's just what it is. So 
I meet him every day at the Y. He was 14, 15, worked out. And the funny thing about working out is I know when I first started working out, it was just about vanity. It yeah, was just like, right. you know, I'm getting some buys. Yeah, look, <laughs> look at these legs, you know. But people started looking at him differently. And Jack, you're getting buff. It changed his whole paradigm a little bit. So I, you know. Well, I, and it does that other physical thing, too, where it, it, it gets those juices exactly flowing upstairs. Right. realize so, that his endorphins yeah. are going. Yeah. His mind start firing more. Especially sleep. at 14. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, I grew up in the system. You know, in a foster care system and a couple of different foster homes. And the only thing, and I mean, the only thing that I ever wanted to be, only thing I ever fantasized about being is a, is a father. Is, you know, it's the only thing. Right. So I never it's fantasized about being, you know, a rock and roll star or, you know, the stuff in Greece. You know, it's like, oh, I can live this out right now. This is great. This is, I can be this. And, but, you know, I got a really good little life. I ain't Yo, gonna lie. Yeah, I got do. I got a great woman, I, and I got kids who really like oh. me, and I'm blessed to have some abilities to do some of the things I like. I've seen a little bit of the world, like to see a little bit more, but you know I'm not like, I don't know. As far as goals go, stay, stay me. Right, which is actively uh, me, actively you, actively. which is what it's. It's inactive. what are you doing today? What's, whatever I want. Whatever. Yeah, that's what, are you? Are you, you a day or time? <laughs> I don't. Matter. I have no sense of time, and I'm serious. Are that you? Is a, not yeah, always good. Are you a TV watcher? Do you have like a show that you TV. go to? What are you I watching? I love right now? TV. Are you kidding me? I live with another person who just. Did, we watch all kinds of stupid. Uh, I'm her girlfriend. Say yes to the drill. Oh, no. That's why she probably doesn't have any oh, damn no. friends. You know, I watch. You know. I, yeah. Come on, no. you got to spill it. Okay, if you, if you go, yeah. start with the what is it? The Kardashians? What do you? No, no. Okay. I, so, okay, so I draw the line at the Kardashians, yeah. but I have watched plenty of Housewives of of of, yeah. of, of wherever, wherever. Uh, yeah, of L.A. and New yeah. York. And I, you know, do you get into serials though? Do you get into like shows that are you know like? Oh, I, you know, I love Walking stuff. Dead, Dexter, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I haven't. I heard those are good shows. I have not seen those. I just started. I I, I caught a couple of Breaking Bad's. Oh. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I'm like there's some good TV right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing when people don't realize there's some really good quality stuff yeah. going on right now. But you know, I like really good stuff and I like really bad stuff for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Watch The Bachelor and oh, oh right. crack yeah. up, you know, because it's hilarious <laughs> and predictable. Yeah. But you know, I used to like watching American Idol the first. Three weeks of the show because yeah. it was like you can't make up. Oh, yeah. half the stuff that half comes the stuff the people, the audacity. Yeah. I mean, so I was in for the comedic value. I'm not into judging talent and all yeah. that thing. I don't really. No, did, do you know GB Layton? Did, what? I I know GB. I don't really know. You don't know him. I've met him. You've met him. Yeah. Did, did you Did you see him on the Voice when he was on the Voice? No, no, I didn't. I heard he did well. He did well. He I did think well, he got yeah. through a couple. Of, but it's it, you know it's weird. It's like singing competitions and in you know getting judged by people who who have been given oh well, I, how, do you, how do you even put it I, they've been given opportunities that a lot of people don't get you know i it's for ratings it's is it for talent what is it what are they really trying to do there well they're trying to it's for entertainment first and foremost mm -hmm. or is it for making money well the entertainment and the making <laughs> money are definitely yeah, yeah. right one and one right. a there's no doubt about it i again i i I just don't get competent. I don't, I just don't like it. Right. I'll never forget, man. Greasy Meal used to <laughs> play a house gig in Chicago at the Double Door. You, you guys have seen Purple Rain, right? Oh yeah, but absolutely. Like the, you know the time and Prince and the, the kind of competition that goes on. There's, it's a natural thing, right? But it is so effing juvenile. Yeah. It's amusing, but it is what it is. I mean, it's people it want yeah. they want to be what they consider to be number one. It's right. just one of those things. I think I, I just don't like. I like competing. I mean, I was a wrestler, and I like playing tennis, and my favorite sport is table tennis. I, I like You're a ping pong guy? It's my favorite sport, dude. Oh, Don't no. Don't make me go get my bat. 
Is that po- that's Summer Olympics? Okay, so you yeah. don't have to okay. love it. I'm not kidding. It's Get my favorite bat. sport. Get your but um, uh, there was a band in Chicago that was really doing well in Chicago called Cassius Clay, and it was a really funky band, kind of more hard funky band. Lead singer dude was was really like intense and good, and kind of remind me of the Chili Peppers a little sure, bit, sure. kind of vibe. Really great, right? <laughs> and like one of the first times we opened up for them. Uh, we played in Chicago. We opened up for them, and they were just so nasty to us. It was just like really, like what you know. And I'm not quick to want to beat somebody's <laughs> yeah, ass. Yeah, no, no. So Let's I was just kind of like, this is crazy. crazy. So, but you know, but they were just so rude, and you know, yeah, it was like like that, that scene from yeah. yeah. So a year later, maybe it wasn't even a year later. They they heard about us like Uh-oh. after we had left oh, there, no. so they wanted to come to Minneapolis. And they had no eye, and they came to the caboose, and it was oh. just, it was pandemonium, and they were, you know. Yeah. Right. And they open up and Out of their completely changed. And they were, you know, completely nice guys at this point. And, and, and so that's that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. I already well, hate you. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't bother with this stuff. Yeah. Do your thing. Hopefully you'll get some people who like your music because your music is great, but fuck you. Right. Because it don't have to be like this. Because my favorite thing, honestly, man, if you got a big head in the Twin Cities, then something is wrong with you. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. That's so true. You can throw a rock in any direction. You're going to hit somebody who's a effing genius. And I'm not right. saying kind of a genius because I'll take Minneapolis musicians over any musicians on any coast mm-hmm. in any country. They just, what else the hell are you going to do in the wintertime? Right. You're going to yeah. shed, <laughs> shed your talent, right? You can only have so, so many like kids. So. So. Carpenters. So, yeah. I, you know, I just, I, I knew how bad Greasy Meal was, but I was just offended how, how, how nasty and condescending they were because they were doing well at the time. And they came here and they played for in front of a crowd that was actually three times the size of the crowd that they were playing for, then they had respect for us. Of course. And I think, how lame is that? Why can't yeah. we just, yeah. at, on a fundamental level, say... Yeah, start with the other side first. You know, come at it where... Do your thing, man. the other yeah. people until they do start. Yeah, I mean, if you were to start listing great talent in this area, you just you well, fall asleep before you stop. And the nice thing about Minneapolis, too, and all the different you know forms of media, that you know, music and acting and you know filmmaking even, is that everyone's so collaborative. And they, they're, well, a lot of people are collaborative and they really enjoy the idea of working with somebody new, maybe learning something new, you know, maybe be, being able to take that back to whatever the, it is they're doing. And I, I feel like in music, it's like that here. Well, you know, like they appreciate each other. An exchange of ideas can be really a beautiful thing if you if your spirit is right, because, you know, then you're not really trying to protect any kind of ego on any level. And then you, right. it's amazing how things can blossom. When you, when you start bouncing stuff off of people, a scrum is a beautiful thing. It's mm-hmm. just like shit. That's how stuff gets figured out. That's how mm-hmm. coolness happens. It's a creative. But you have to happens, be. Yeah. You have to do some self examination before you get to that point because <laughs> it's it's you know it's great to be the one in your mind thinking up all the ideas. Yeah. But in, in truth, if you're exchanging ideas, then it's everybody's idea. I think self awareness is important. I it's think crucial. you have to know what your limitations are before it's you know your make it. Yeah. yeah, step into that. What's something you you? always wanted to do but never been able to do and i I don't mean that like vaguely but i mean like if Mm. you ever had like a career Mm -hmm. you know is it is it did you want to be the star running back for the vikings i mean did you have if i ever had you know it's funny because dream job if i had a dream job and it would be talking sports on the radio Oh come on come on man because you could do that better than that you know some people who know some people (laughs) you could could do that but you know you know that i don't honestly i don't I, I think I would have been a sports journalist, yeah. honestly, just to be able to travel and see amazing stuff. And, you know, competition 
And I got Lavelle's number here. You want to? I have it. Yeah, I know you have it too. I'm sure, right? <laughs> you have it. But listen, but you know, I just think that's got to be a great going down to Fort Myers and watching oh, spring training. You know what I mean? Just kind of sitting around shooting this shit with people eating popcorn. And that's what I'm talking about. And then you take your old man of the game one yeah, day. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? And Super Bowls. And all kinds of the Olympics. It's just, I don't know. I just think that'd be the greatest gig ever. It is. And you know what the thing that sucks about it is? What? You're working weekends. You're working nights. Yeah, but if, if you love it, you if, well, if you love it, but if you got yeah, a wife you, got you love life, to see, yeah. you got ah, kids you want to see. There's some pesky yeah, elements. That's the thing that, about yeah. journalism, man. People think yeah. it's oh, it's beautiful, oh, it's yeah. awesome. You get to do these amazing things, and you do. But then you've got to leave some amazing people behind it sometimes. And okay, it's... I think I'd rather be uh, Tony Kornheiser oh. and Mike Wilbon. There you go. You I... work at four thirty every afternoon for you half it, hour. You tape it at like eight, and then you can watch yourself later. Yeah, that's changing my mind. Awesome, man. So. What what can we help you promote? You've got obviously you're on you just got on Twitter recently. I did. You're all over Facebook. I am. You know, but but you just got on Twitter. What's the handle? It's uh the juice vox. Vox, like V O X. V O X like the voice of. Yes. So it's uh, at Juice Vox yes. on Twitter. On and Twitter. then and where are people finding you on Facebook if you want them to uh, Julius Collins. Okay. Yeah. Uh you know, I'm not really promoting anything right now. I I do stuff from time to time and when it comes up, I do it. <laughs> yes I will say this though If Greasy Meal does Does play this summer It will be epic That will be fantastic I just think um, There'll be some coolness Surrounding it There's some interesting uh, Goings on That might make for a fun time In July Well and if so you're getting Everybody happens. back together Everybody and even it's, and it's, Dave's I, coming in from Berlin it's I remember when uh, You guys did the um, The the reunion at Saturday night Where you sold the DVDs afterwards, Oh yeah yeah You know the signed DVDs And stuff Um that was huge. I mean, that was you guys filled the caboose. And, and who who were you missing that night? You were only missing. I uh, you know I yeah I don't okay know. all right I if I don't re- I don't remember anything. <laughs> I do know that that band you know caught lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. and 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 there's no guarantee there'll be you know eight nine ten eleven hundred people. But I just think it'll be good to go play the music because it'll be fun and you know who knows. And there will be eight, those eight, nine, ten, or eleven people on stage, <laughs> that's, and that's that's going to bring out to me people. is what it's yeah, all about. Yeah, absolutely, baby. If there's eleven people there. There should be nineteen on stage. Awesome. You have any questions you want to end it with? Are we going to see the couch on there? <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. I, How about I, the bubble wrap? I'm still back on that. <laughs> that's, who, 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 who knows? Honestly, I, I it'd be difficult to predict this far out yeah. what kind of shenanigans we're going to get into. But I can I can promise you, skullduggery. Davenport. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, I want to thank you for letting us come sit down with you. Yeah, this man. Thanks awesome. for coming to the crib. The Appreciate house, it. man, the house is this beautiful, is by the great, way. Man. I love Thanks these old houses. And you live in, uh, you're in, uh, we're going to tell everybody the address. You're missing and some paint, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Oh. Come on now. Can't let his girl hear that. <laughs> it's it right over there. You see the gold yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the old color right over there. <laughs> but she put this paint splotches up just so you can know she's still in the process of painting. Can't make her up. Disclaimer. DIY. Cool, man. Julius, thank you so much for talking to us. Appreciate it, man. Glad to have you